You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Angela, welcome back to this mini-series on websites. Today, we're going to talk about when and how to hire a web designer. So yeah, I think that's a great place to wrap up the series. Yes. Thanks for having me back. I would say the time is now. The time is now. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I sat with this question when we initially were coming up with like ideas for what would be useful topics for your audience. And I was listening to a podcast with another web, a web design podcast that I follow. And a guest on his podcast said something that like resonated with me. And it was like, you really want to look for clients that they see a website as an investment instead of a cost. And I was like, ding, light bulb went off that that's definitely the kind of, you know, clients I want to be working with. And I think that really shows the difference of someone who maybe isn't ready to invest in like a custom design website where they, they're like, oh, that price, that's like way out of my price point. I can't do that versus someone that's like, yeah, my business is going strong. I see growth in the future. You know, I have a clear path and I know that this investment, I'm going to see a return on. Wow. I do think that that is going to be a minority of yoga teachers. What do you think? Absolutely. Yes. As a fellow yoga teacher myself, everyone gets a their 200-hour yoga teacher training. Everyone you meet as a yoga teacher. But really, the yoga teachers that are going to stand out and are going to have longevity in their careers, attracting the right audience. That's, you know, we're looking at like the top 5% of yoga teachers, really. How many yoga teachers stop teaching after two to three years, five years? You know, there's not that many that have been in the market as long as you have, for instance, you know, teaching 15, 20 years. I myself stopped, <laughs> you know, and it's because it's it's a hard business to to maintain. And there's not a lot of resources. There's not a lot of like time and extra money out there to take on larger investments like this in your business. You have to be very stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) Yoga Sutra about stubbornness, right? I think that it requires a certain, I don't want to say self-confidence or self-esteem. I feel like that's the wrong implication. Because for me, it's a confidence in yoga and a confidence in how powerful it can be and an understanding that it's not me making this stuff up. So I don't have to be self-confident exactly, but I do need to believe I am worthy to share these tools. And because I believe everyone's worthy, I also believe I'm worthy. And then I'm willing to stick it out. I'm stubborn. I love to problem solve. I don't get 
I was going to say I don't get dismotivated by problems, but that's totally not true. It's just I don't get permanently dismotivated by problems. You know, like everybody, I have ups and downs. I have times where I feel really inspired and times where I feel really down and really like ready to give up. But apparently I never do. (laughs) I love that the conversation is going in this direction because this is something I've been thinking about a lot, which is that just this inner fire that is necessary. And it's okay if you don't have that inner fire. It's still okay to teach yoga. Don't stop teaching yoga just because you don't feel like this sense of clarity and purpose around this is what I'm meant to do for sure. And I'm going to make it work one way or another. That's okay. And look for that because if you can find that, if you can access that, I think that that is the number one ingredient. I don't know why some people have it and some people don't because I don't, I don't see myself as being special. There are some parts of me that some skills that I have, some natural gifts that are compatible with being successful. And there's some ways that I get in my own way and, and I struggle. So I think that's going to be all of us. But the piece that I think is just not negotiable is that certainty, that interior certainty that these tools are worth sharing and I'm worthy of sharing them. I love that. Yeah. And you are special. So yeah. Especially stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) You are especially stubborn. Yeah, no. And I think that mindset shift is, you know, something like when I'm having a discovery call with a client who first reaches out and says, yeah, I'm interested in doing a website. Like I'm looking for that mindset shift and that clarity in what they're doing and what they're offering and putting out there to even know if this is going to be an investment for them or if this is going to be a cost for them. Because I want all of my clients to live in abundance and thrive in their business and feel inspired. Everyone has days where, you know, a problem can really throw you off your path and, and, you know, you feel like really unclear about it. But that is huge in the success of your business and the longevity of your business for sure. And something that I, I don't necessarily teach and coach. I know you, you do more around that, but that's, that's huge, you know? So maybe for some people, it might be like, you need to go work with a coach beforehand. Cause I think. You know, you and I have talked about this in previous episodes, like it can be a very lonely path working full time, especially as a wellness entrepreneur, yoga practitioner, body worker. And so making sure that you have resources of people that you can reach out to for professional business advice, for coaching, you know, to do trainings with. Yeah, I love that you said that because I think sometimes people have an unrealistic expectation of what their website is going to do. If you think that your website is going to transform a business model that's not working into a business model that is working, that's going to be a huge disappointment. You don't need a website in order to come up with a formula or a strategy or a system that helps people. So you've got to come up with that first. The website doesn't do that for you. And in fact, if you don't have some of these things worked out, you don't have to have them perfectly worked out, but if you don't have some of these things thought through and worked out, you're going to really struggle to create your website because a lot of people think of a website as this visual thing, but it's really 
a platform for content, as a platform for sharing your message. So if you don't have a message, your website's going to be kind of flat and dull. And that's okay. Then you can create a little business card with your picture and whatever you do have out there. But it's probably not going to be time to invest several thousand dollars in hiring a web designer because how are you going to pay for that? How is that going to be an investment if you don't already have a structure for your business that is helping people really regularly and it feels like it's thriving and growing? Absolutely. Yes, 100% agree. I'm 100% for people, especially starting out, that don't feel like they have that budget to DIY their website, you know, using what whatever platform of their choice. There's no wrong decision in that and starting off small. Um, but yeah, your, your website should mirror your business model and your business model of how you're going to make income, support yourself where you're going to spend your time and energy and how you're going to attract your clientele, you know? So for a lot of people, website is just that kind of digital landing page, digital business card that gives them professional clout so that people see, oh yeah, she's a yoga teacher and I can see she's, you know, done her training and these are the classes she teaches and offerings versus someone who's building like a more robust online presence and really trying to generate revenue and a sustainable lifestyle. So what about a person who has been successful in a previous life, previous career, or has resources of some sort where they feel really excited about their yoga business? They may not have a thriving business yet, but they are the type of person that really likes to start out with a very professional appearance because that helps them feel confident. Do you think a website could be a worthwhile investment for that type of a person? Yes, I think, yeah, the branding and the website. I mean, I definitely work with people that are starting up businesses, you know, that don't have a huge customer base as well, but I think they've done that deeper work in kind of understanding this is where I'm at. And this is like where I want, this is my business model. And I think, you know, for those people, whether they want to start out DIYing it, a lot of times what happens is they start out doing that and they realize I'm never going to get this done and I'm never going to get it to look the way that I want it to look. So that's when they come to me or they reach out to another web designer for help. So what type of budget are we looking at? Here we're in 2022 as we're recording this. Probably will be released in early 2023. What is the low end of a budget for a custom web design? And what's maybe more like the average? That's definitely a tricky question to answer. I've had clients that have come to us who have tried to get someone to make them a website for cheap and either the quality is just never what they want or that person, because it's so cheap, that person loses motivation to keep going, you know? So they'll get ghosted by someone that maybe they hire in one of these like online platforms for designers, which is is horrible, you know? So like you want to make sure 
that the time that the designer is putting in for your website makes sense to the scale of the project and the quality that you want to receive. So I've seen websites that start out at like, you know, $500 for a fully designed website. And I'm just thinking, okay, if you break that down, if that person wants to pay themselves $50 an hour, that means that they're spending 10 hours on your website. I know that for my process, we do a very in-depth like strategy. We do a lot of work around like the inspiration, looking at what is out there, like my particular design, working in WordPress, doing custom built sites. You know, we could spend upwards of a hundred hours on one website. So like there's no way that I'm gonna pay myself and my team. an hour, you know, so that's just not realistic. So I'm starting out at about 4,000 for a five page custom WordPress website. And I'm very transparent about that on my site. I know that there's some designers that just say like, and and get in touch for a quote, you know, but like, I want to be super transparent that like, if that number throws you off, that you're, you're not ready to work with me, you know, which is totally fine, depending on where you are in your business. I see also people, especially on the easier platforms like Squarespace and Wix that are charging maybe 2000 for, you know, a five page website. And then you can, you can scale that up even higher, especially with these big e-commerce websites. Some people are charging six figures for, for those kind of websites. So I've had really a variety of experiences, not for my own business, but I did help my husband hire a web designer for one of his businesses. This was quite a while ago, but I did a ton of research on one of these outsourcing platforms and I picked somebody who had really good reviews and the quality was so poor. Like I did not go with the cheapest, but I was trying to be budget conscious and It was so stressful. It was one of the most stressful things that I've ever done. Like I would lie awake at night, not able to sleep because this person was not delivering a functional website that they had promised. Mm. And so that was a really important lesson for me in the reviews, like online reviews don't necessarily paint the whole picture. And Having a personal recommendation of somebody who's actually worked with the person is much more, much more valuable because what I found is that if somebody has like not such a great experience, you can hear it in the words that they use. Even if they're trying to be nice, they'll be like, yeah, it, um, you know, it turned out good in the long run, or you know what I'm saying? Like actually listening to somebody who's worked with the person. I think that would be something to really pay attention to if you're looking for somebody to hire is how is their communication? Are they clear? Are they prompt? Now prompt doesn't mean like they don't have to get back to you within an an hour or even a day. But like, so if you email them on Friday, as long as they get back to you Monday, then that's totally great. But if you're not hearing from them for a week, that's a red flag right there. The other thing that 
I appreciated about you and that gave me confidence actually was that you had a lot of systems in place that you told me about before I signed a contract with you. And, and actually you had a contract and there was a lot of details in the contract so that I had some clarity around if this happens and this will happen, if this happens and this will happen. So those are some things that I would personally look out for. What about you? Yes. What else? What else? If, if someone has decided I'm at the right phase, I'm ready to hire someone, I want help. I don't want to do this on my own. And I want to make sure that the person I hire is really has my back. What would you recommend? Thank you for those compliments. That's always nice to hear. I think what you were talking about, not it's not just the quality of the final deliverable of your website, of how well it's designed and how well it functions, but it's also the quality of your customer experience, you know, and that's really one thing that is huge in my business is making sure that the customer who most likely isn't super tech savvy or hasn't worked with websites, you on the other hand are a little more tech savvy and have experience with web design than a lot of my clients, but a lot of them, I just expect that they don't have that, you know, and so there needs to be a little bit more communication around, okay, well, this is what this decision means. I want to be available for them. And like you said, communicating promptly and being clear in what this includes. And when, you know, we have to like also cut off and say, okay, that's going to be an additional cost because that was not the initial scope of work. I used to just say, my first few websites was like unlimited pages, however many pages you need, you know? And then like, I, all of a sudden I was developing 12 pages and this site was six months down the road and I charged a thousand dollars for it. And I was like, oh my God, I've, t- I paid myself $2 an hour, you know, for this, for the amount of time that it takes. And I want to be flexible for my clients and knowing that a lot of them have businesses that they're running on top of building a website, but it is a time and energy investment. So that's another thing for people to think about is like, I need to have the mental energy and space to be able, even if I'm working with a designer, to come up with like, what is my content? What are my images? What is my message? Like, how many pages do I want? And then and then also giving feedback during the process. That that just takes time, you know, and not everyone's in the space at their business where they have time for that. Thinking about this, let's say four or five page website, how much time would it be important for somebody to have the ability to scooch around and and make time for? during that process? For example, three hours a week for two months, or what would be some benchmarks to help people say, yes, I think I have the bandwidth for this, or you know what? No, I just can't do it right now. I'll say like in my process, there's a lot of front end work done by the client to get the content ready before we even start working on the website, depending on what your schedule is, you know, whether you have children, how many classes you're teaching a week, you know, like dedicating a little bit of time to really focus on that content and messaging and imaging, however long it takes you. All of that work is necessary to put in before you start working with a designer 
or if you DIY it. So really thinking about that. And then during the actual design process, if you're working with a designer, you know, hopefully they're going to give you their professional opinion. They're going to do some strategy, help, you know, investigation for you. And, and really they'll just need your feedback kind of on the design and the functionality to see it live. That's another thing to make sure that there are revision rounds included because some some web designers, especially if they're charging 500, there's not going to be a revision round <laughs> included. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. And, and then timing, if you're going to do it yourself, think about like, how long would this actually take me if I'm not familiar with web design at all and platforms, you know, like I say, it, it will take us upward of 100 hours to build a five-page website. That's because we have thousands of hours of expertise and, you know, previous experience. Because it takes me 100 hours, it might take someone else 300 hours to build their website, especially if they don't have experience and the quality of it is going to be much less. Wow. So that's, I think, a good thing to really think through before you build your own website is having some realistic expectations if you are going to DIY it about how long that's going to take. Because so many times people think that they're going to get their website up and running in one week or one month or even three months. But if you think about it, if you're going to have a hundred hours, let's just keep it on the low end, you would have to spend almost 10 hours a week on it to get it up in three months. Mm -hmm. So that's like, you know, at least a full eight hour day every week. And I don't think people recognize just how much go into a high quality website. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this is like, resizing images, cropping images, making sure they're a light, you know, size for a website so they don't hold down the page and then tagging them, you know, with the targeted keyword, like making sure the SEO. So there's like, you can maybe design a nice website, but it might not function properly and it might not have, you know, the, the performance might not be high the search, like there's just so many things to think about on top of what you see on the front of the website that a professional developer is going to do for you so that you don't have to think about it. Yeah. I think something else that's worth unpacking a little bit is the difference between web design and branding. Because I imagine that people come to you sometimes without much of a brand and then expect you to build a branded website for them. So how do you define branding? How is it different from web design? And how do the two support each other? Great question. Branding is the visual aesthetics of creating this cohesive visual experience across not only your website, but any other platform that you're on. If you have printed material, having this like cohesive look. So color palette, logo, of course, is included. It's also your imagery. And then when we do branding, we really spend time in thinking about, okay, who is your target audience? What colors are going to attract them? What fonts are going to make sense? 
with your business and your offerings, a lot of like creative energy goes into the concepts around branding the visual. And then on the other hand, website is, is applying the branding, the visuals guides that we have around fonts and colors to your website. Like you said, a lot of people come to me and they want a website designed and they say, oh, I don't have branding. Is that even necessary? And it's actually not necessary. However, the outcome of what you're going to get is going to be way higher quality. The aesthetics, the design is going to look so much better if you have a brand. So some people will come to us with an existing brand, you know, that they worked with, with a previous designer. And we can totally use that and apply that to the website. So you don't always have to do the branding beforehand. So I think that when people look at some of these inspiration websites, when you go on Pinterest or you're collecting inspiration websites, the ones that we're really drawn to and that resonate, we're like, wow, this is really speaking to me. This is, this is how I want my website to be, to feel. I think a lot of times that is because there was branding behind that website. And the ones that feel a bit more generic, feel a little bit more bland, are the ones that were done without branding. So it's definitely useful to do branding, to have branding done before you embark on a web design process. However, this can be done in multiple levels, right? You don't need to spend thousands of dollars on a super comprehensive brand in order for it to help your website. So the the more branding you have done on the front end, the more that's going to support the overall look and feel and the cohesiveness and the level of emotional resonance that your website has. But it's not all or nothing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think you even said this to me in one of our initial conversations when we were talking about working together. You said um, when branding is done well, you don't even really notice it because it just feels like this beautiful, cohesive experience, whether you know you go to a restaurant and you feel the the ambiance and the branding is like cohesive and everything, or you land on a website and it's just like really cohesive and and you can recognize, oh, wow, this is nice. You know, like everything like flows together versus when it's not done well, that's often when you recognize it. And it looks like this kind of like Frankenstein approach where there's like eight different variations of the same blue on a website, you know, and like all the images don't really go to well together. You know, that's when it's like, Oh, I can tell you, you know, you can tell that it wasn't done by a professional. If they don't have one, we will gather information from them around like what colors resonate with them. Like what do they see in their color palette? What fonts do they like? And then we'll kind of provide them like one or two simple options based on what they shared with us. But we're not going to do that super in-depth, you know, research and strategy behind it that we would in the branding process. So I think what I'm kind of hearing is that branding is so integral into the website that if folks don't show up with a brand that you kind of have to do some of it just to create a cohesive site. And that as with everything, there are stages and layers. 
So the more in-depth you go, the more likely you are to have an end result that you feel really great about. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I will say it makes the process way easier for us getting started in the web development process when you do have a cohesive brand. And I think everything just flows better. And like you said, the end product is going to be way higher. Awesome. Is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that you were really hoping to share about hiring a web designer or something that we have talked about that you want to emphasize? Yeah, I think the thing that I wanted to loop back to was this idea of timing, because I also think there's there's so much unrealistic expectation when hiring a professional designer that they're going to be available immediately to start working on your project and that they're going to be able to turn it around in like two weeks, you know? So I would suggest for anyone out there who is considering, even considering, like at least having those initial conversations of reaching out. I often suggest to people like start reaching out like three, even six months before you want your website finished. Because oftentimes, especially if it's a high quality agency that you're working with, like they might be booked out for the next two or three months. So even though you can have that initial discussion, you know, you can get a proposal, the actual start date where they have time to start working on your project and dedicate to you might be a month or two or even three out. And then every time I have someone that comes to us and say, I want my website in a month, they're always the person that takes the longest to give us feedback. So like keeping in mind that part of that time frame is giving you space to sit with, you know, decisions that you need to make around the proposals and around the design and the strategy. Um, and depending on where you are in your business, or if you're a person that it's difficult to make decisions on business things, having a little bit more space can be really helpful. Wow, that's wild that the people who claim that they want their website the fastest tend to be the ones that are the slowest to give feedback. Do you have any sense psychologically about why that might be the case? I think they're usually the people that are starting new businesses and they have that new business energy and excitement that they're like, I have this business idea. I just did these courses and I'm like so ready to get out there and share, you know, what I've learned with the world. And I'm like, great. I get excited. You know, I get motivated by them as well. However, I think sometimes they're unrealistic and how much time is going to be required of them to, you know, give feedback and to like come up with the content around the website. And once they get into that, like we were talking about earlier, they realize like, oh, wait, actually, I'm not clear in my business model, you know, or like, I'm not clear in my target audience. I need to go back. I need to sit with this. I need a little bit more space to really make these decisions. So I think that's definitely like one type of of person, whereas generally people that have an existing business, it's running, they have an existing website you know, they're a little bit more like, yeah, yeah. When, when I get to it, I know that this is not like the end all be all for my business. You know, if it takes two extra weeks. Got it. That makes sense. So if listeners are feeling inspired and excited and feel ready to hire a designer and they've enjoyed listening to you and want to work with you, where should they reach out? How should they find you? 
They can feel free to check out my website at goodkarmaworks.com. They can also reach us through Instagram. It's at goodkarmaworksagency. I'd also be happy for them to just get in touch, you know, send, send an email through my contact forum and just I'd even be happy to take a look at their their website and give them a few tips just looking over it, even if they're not interested in working with someone right now. That's so awesome, Angela. Thank you again for all the time and energy that you have put into these four episodes. I think that taken together, there's such a great foundation in how to think about creating a website for yourself, for your business. So really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love empowering other entrepreneurs and wellness professionals, especially yoga teachers in making decisions that work for their business. 